The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, spouse and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even their life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost, to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able, with ten thousand, to oppose the one who comes against him, with twenty thousand? If he cannot, then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So, therefore, whoever of you does not give up all their possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Lately I've been doing a lot of studying of uh, the new atheism. You know, Father, why are you studying the new atheism? Well, <laughs> I'm not thinking of a career change, don't worry. Um, that's the Chinese maxim from the art of war, know your enemy. So, um, studying a lot of new atheism, trying to understand why it is that they're so appealing today. Why is it that they're winning so many converts to their way of thinking? Uh, because atheism, atheism isn't new. Atheism's been around forever. Um, people can deny the existence of God. Actually, when I was in university, we studied atheism, and <laughs> the arguments were actually much more sophisticated uh, in the old atheism than in new atheism, and that's actually one of the reasons why the new atheism is more popular, because it's less sophisticated. You don't have to be a philosopher to be a new atheist. It's focused more on superficial argumentation, um, arguments based on feelings, to be honest, and um, superficial interpretations of truth and facts and science and evolution and so uh, they take superficial way of looking at these things and um, make it believable for your average person. And so it's become very popular. But they're like this man that Jesus is criticizing who begins to build a tower but does not have the resources to finish it. The deeper you go into the new atheism, the more you see that they aren't able to answer fundamental questions, uh, that they're trying to build this tower of how to live a good life, how to be a good person, how to avoid evil, but they don't really know what evil is, and they don't really know what good is, and they don't really know how to live a good life. Um, they're really relying currently on the structures built by Christianity. Despite their hatred of Christianity, they're really relying on Christianity for the framework in which they're trying to build their good life. And so, uh, just for one example uh, that actually comes up fairly often 
with new atheism is is slavery they'll point out at christianity and say well look if the catholic church was is such a moral institution and uh their framework is so good then why did slavery exist for so long the church was has been around for two thousand years and it wasn't until uh recently that slavery was abolished okay well let's look at that a little more closely um does the Catholic Church actually approve slavery? No, it never has. Um, and what are the, the rationalist, atheist, moral arguments against slavery? Is it so obvious that on a natural level, slavery is morally wrong? Well, if it was self-evident that slavery was wrong, why has it existed in every culture around the world <laughs> for as far back as we have records? Why does it still exist in certain countries today? Why is slavery still uh, approved in Islam? As long as you're not a Muslim, you can't take Muslim slaves, but you can take slaves from other groups. Uh, why is it that slavery still exists even in North America? It's not open, it's not approved, but there are still people who take slaves in our own country. Um, fact of the matter is that on a natural level, the strong try to dominate the weak. And you can use your reason to justify the strong uh, enslaving the weak. You say, well, the weak can't take care of themselves, so it's better if we who are strong and knowledgeable uh, take care of them. Obviously, we shouldn't you know, treat them horribly, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's in their best interest if we take them as slaves. They work for us. Uh, we take care of them. But there are property and that's a rationalist argument for slavery that has been used throughout the centuries um, some people use it better than others but you can develop that argument and so why is it that slavery is wrong why is it that you can't take a person as your property well if we look at our second reading for today St. Paul's letter to Philemon. It's, it's an interesting document. Most people uh, don't really know it. Um, it's very short, and it's St. Paul writing to a fellow Christian, Philemon, uh, who's a leader in a community, and uh, it happens that Philemon's slave, Onesimus, has ended up, has run away from Philemon, and has ended up in the same prison that St. Paul is being kept in. And instead of saying, well, Onesimus, you're free, go do whatever you want, Paul sends Onesimus back to Philemon, but sends him back as a brother, T tells Philemon, uh, receive him not as a slave, but as your brother in Christ. So the foundation of why slavery is wrong is because each of us is created with an innate human dignity. We are each created in the image and likeness of God. And so we are children of God, and especially through our baptism, we become sons and daughters of God, heirs of the kingdom of God. We become brothers and sisters in Christ. And so St. Paul doesn't say, well, Onesimus, you're free, because Onesimus has committed an injustice against Philemon. Um, he, does he does owe Philemon, um, certain obligations, certain uh, duties. 
And so Paul sends him back as not as a slave, but as a brother in Christ. And it's taken, took centuries for this really to sink in among Christians. Like the roots, the seeds are here of, of abolishing slavery. But the natural inclination is for the strong to dominate the weak. And so these seeds have to keep growing and growing and growing within our culture until finally they're able to sprout and say, you know what, <laughs> nobody should be allowed to have a slave, even if they're treating them well. Um, you can't have someone as your property. So the new atheists are building this tower, but they don't even know what their foundations are. They don't understand what good is, what evil is, and how you can live a good life. Christianity, Jesus, has given us strong foundations. And over the centuries, these foundations in our tradition have developed. And so we today, we can't just ignore what we've received. We can't ignore the traditions of our church and think, well, we can build a new Christianity that's better than the old Christianity. That's what we've seen a lot in the, the church of the, the 20th century since Vatican II, a lot of, well, we can build a new church. Well, what are we building? What are the foundations that it's built on? Are we just trying to build a new tower without knowing, without having the resources necessary? The resources necessary to build the tower are in the tradition. And so let us um, be courageous and look, taking the time to actually look back and what is it that we've been given in our tradition. We have to know our faith, know what we've been given uh, in order to be able to continue to build a stronger tower. So, praise be Jesus Christ.